0: Welcome to Untold Physio Stories, a podcast that informs and educates by connecting you to rehab industry leaders who share their candid successes and failures in business and practice. Welcome back to another episode of Untold Physio Stories, the best physical therapy, physiotherapy stories in the world. I'm your host, Dr. E with TheManualTherapist.com, ModernManualTherapy.com, and EdgeMobilitySystem.com, hosted by UpDoc Media. Uh, I won't list everything I'm involved with because I'll take the whole five minutes of this podcast back with us by popular demand. Everyone loved his noob story. It's Jesse Jesse Awanis. Well done. Someday I'll get your name. Someday I'll get your name right, Jesse. It's okay. Can you pronounce my last name? Relioso. Not bad. Not bad. So, what do you have for us today?
1: All right. So, a, a pretty. I think this is going to resonate with probably new and old older grads in the physiotherapy, rehab, chiropractic world. Um, and this is something that I still tend to have to struggle with sometimes in my practice, and that's letting patients dictate care. So this isn't going to be a specific one patient story. This is going to be more of just something that every now and then I think we tend to fall into, myself included. So I've had patients come to see me, and um, they're likable, they're good people, they're nice, they're friendly, but they are very, very insistent on pretty much passive care, um, and you know, as a the helpful, handy physiotherapist. Uh, who wants to be able to help people? You say if you kind of use cognitive dissonance or cognitive biases, and you say, "Oh, I can definitely help you with my hands," if that's what they believe you can do. So if the patient set, uh, comes into the session or the initial assessment with the belief that um, I have the ability to fix with my hands, sometimes it's a it's a harder struggle to say, "Well, no, I don't use, I don't, I don't fix you. You fix you. I just kind of show you how. I'm just a coach." I say that a ton, but sometimes, I, in honesty, I don't. And uh, I uh, fallen into the trap of just treating people very, very passively, seeing them once a week for hands-on manual therapy, soft tissue work, spinal spinal manipulation, mobilization, whatever it may be. And I find, um, in all honesty, the results to be very short-lived. Patients often leave my clinic feeling great and feeling like a million bucks, but they come back the following week or whenever um, pretty much where they were. And then I – Realize that if I just started and put my foot down from the beginning, saying saying that hands-on therapy is just a kind of a tool to open up the window um, to allow the exercises that it, to take effect, um, this would have been resolved by now. And I feel kind of unethical about it in actuality because um, I know patients could get better a lot quicker if I was just a little more, a little less, a little more of a clinician, a little less of their friend kind of thing. Um, and this, the second part of that goes along with just. Um, I find I'll prescribe only a couple of specific exercises that I I think are tailored to the patient's needs um, after assessing and figuring out what I feel is the most prudent problem that we need to resolve. Um, And if the patient comes back to me saying, you know, I was busy, I couldn't have time to do my exercises... I, I, and again, there are times where I just say in my head, I kind of throw in the towel. I'm like, all right, well, you're not going to be compliant, and I'm not going to give you the whole spiel about, you know, um, I'm not going to make the patient feel bad for com- for not doing their homework, kind of thing. So I kind of say, well, okay, and I just continue treating them passively in my head, justifying that well, I gave them the tools to help themselves, and if they're not willing to do it, then I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try any harder than uh, than I uh, than they are to get better. Because as a new grad, I did that all the time, and I burned out. I, I I cared more about getting patients better than they did sometimes, and that's a surefire way, surefire way to uh, to hate your job. <laughs> and uh, so that's another physio uh, mistake that I uh, that I make still, and I'm always kind of r- trying to rectify.
0: Yeah, I think those are two valuable lessons, and and you know, again, I've been at this a lot longer, so. I, I will say that every clinic has their lifers. And I would say you're probably doing a good job if, you know, 80% of your patients, you get better within a short period of time and you're not stringing them along. And I think, you know, every clinic, and we all have families to support or bills to pay or loans to pay, especially if you're in the U.S. And you'd be lying to yourself if you don't have a lifer. I got a, a lifer few. being a patient who just comes back whenever... Whenever they need to, right? We all do. I still have them. You know what I mean? But you know, my lifers these days, since I'm cash based in the U.S., they they have central sensitization. I've pretty much got them to accept they have chronic pain. I do manual as needed, and then I just I get them moving, I get them exercising, and I get them training again. Yeah. And um, that that's the thing. I mean, these people. I'm not just manipulating them and sending them out the door. These people actually need. Continuous pain science education, continuous reinforcement of concepts. They need, they need me just to talk to them when they're having a bad day. Those are my lifers, you know. That's, but, but that's it's the not the majority of the caseload.
1: I, I have some patients. Everyone has this. I have some patients that I swear to you, and come to see me. I feel like just to talk about, like they like me as a person. They find me engaging, or they enjoy the banter we go through. I don't, believe, they, it. I don't actual, believe it. <laughs> then the actual. Then the actual. And they want me to, you know, they're like, just crack my neck. It feels so good. Crack my neck, crack my back, or something like that. And, uh, yeah. And then, they, 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 honestly, how was your day? How was your mom? How's your dad? How, they just, it's like, it's like a. Exactly. A, this and,
0: guy and, knows every single thing about his patients. Yeah.
1: He is
0: He is I a consummate a concierge physio. The concierge physio. Half the friendly neighborhood notes. physio. Those are two, those are, I just gave you, uh, two good e books right there. The concierge physio, physio, or the, your friendly neighborhood physio.
1: Done. I'm gonna. Don't um,
0: anyone steal those
1: copyright. i want to start writing about how to how to maintain relationships and and maintain fans for life. Um, I have some patients who have unlimited physiotherapy coverage through their work, and. Uh, they just mean every time they have a little dull ache and pain, whatever the case may be, even like a tiny stiff neck that most people wouldn't bat an eye at, they come in and see me and book like a 45 minute treatment. And they just talk to me and want to hang out and they leave feeling happy. They're like, they, they got what they wanted and they, they come back in two or three weeks whenever they come in. And oftentimes I'm left feeling kind of ethical, but unethical. I'm like, am I should I this person? Should they be discharged? What's the, do I have a clinical reason to keep seeing them? But if they are feeling, better and if they are getting uh more exercise and if i'm getting them moving a little better is that necessarily a bad thing i don't necessarily think so
0: because i used to be a clinical peer reviewer and that made a lot of people in the u.s just wins i'm i'm like dying inside because i would have denied care a long time ago even people with unlimited benefits doesn't mean that they get maintenance
1: (laughs) Yeah. No one's no, yeah. I'm, I'm that day when someone calls me saying, Hey, what's your, what's your justification for treating so-and-so I'd be like, cause they, they like, like me cause they want to come in, <laughs> which, is, <laughs> which, which is, which is, which is, I thought, which is not enough of a reason. I know.
0: So is there a diagnosis code for loneliness?
1: Yeah. Or, uh, or just from friend- hanging friend? out
0: is yeah. hanging out a billable code.
1: Yeah. I don't, I, I don't, we I, get it. Yeah. Um, Stuff.
0: I don't, like I said, I don't judge, but I I feel like that shouldn't be a majority of a caseload. Absolutely. But everyone 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 has this.
1: It's a small 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 minority,
0: like two people. Right. Well, I know it is for you, but I'm I'm saying for our listeners out there, you could mm-hmm. do better. I did that for a long period of time, but that's a surefire way to burn out, right?
1: Yeah, it's it becomes uh it makes makes your practice boring if you're just uh just you know rubbing people's shoulders and backs and you know and they leave feeling a little looser for two days. It's, or ass touching.
0: Lots of yeah. ass touching. I, yeah. I guess it depends on, depends on uh, who's coming in, but maybe it's not boring.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, hey. <laughs> All professional, right. Professional band. Yeah.
0: Well, you can find the, your friendly neighborhood physio where?
1: Uh, Jesse... On phys- social media? Oh, my website's is Uh My Facebook is Jesse awareness Physiotherapist. And my Twitter is Jesse Physio.
0: All right. Thanks again for listening uh, to Untold Physio Stories, hosted by UpDoc Media. I'm your host, Dr. E. Jason Shane will be joining us again sometime in the future. Leave us a review on iTunes. Keep the comments coming. We really appreciate them. And we'll see you next time.